Marcus Akib, third and cup. It's your boy Robbo uh, or Seattle Rams underscore NFL on Twitter uh, with a new pod uh, that I'm going to be doing you know, maybe once or twice a week, midweek, just detailing some of the Rams news of the week in between our Monday show that I usually do with Joey and and 3K Joe and our Friday show, which is usually the 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 pre precursor, pregame, pre-snap look at what we're looking at. That, coming up weekend so we'll just start dropping the uh, these little third and cup episodes in uh if there's something to talk about usually midweek we've got injury reports we've got news of the week whatever that that we necessarily don't cover on the main pod uh that you know i think is still important for us to just kind of drop in there so these are just these will be quick hitters during the week just something to kind of catch you up on if you haven't uh been watching the site, etc. So we'll just jump into it. And the first thing that uh, we should probably address is that Mr. Jared Goff, having the week he had last week, won the NFL uh, NFC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week uh, this week. So that's a pretty cool award. He and Marcus Bjorda were were acknowledged for what they did this last week. Uh, you know, there were other there were some other pretty good performances. Now, after we saw Jared's performance on Thursday, we thought he was going to lock up all these awards this week. But then, you know, Mitch Trubisky came out, and Mahomes came out, and they both had pretty good games as well. And you know, it's always the the guy who the guy who you see last is the one that's top of mind. And so, uh, it was nice to see Jared win the award. Uh, he's uh, just obviously just lighted up with his 26 of 33 for 465 and five touchdowns last week. He's just, you know, the, the pro football focus is number one quarterback in the league right now. He's just, everyone's everyone's just jumping on board the Jared Goff train right now. The uh, I've seen seen the, the Rams offense referred to this week as the Goffense. Uh, so it's nice to see. Hopefully we keep this rolling this week with the uh when they come into Seattle, you know, where I live and, uh, we would love to see them just put up another 47 points and run those boys out the, out the, out the gate this week. And speaking of that game, uh, Sean McVay spoke to the, the media today and, uh, on Wednesdays they have the initial injury report for the week. Um, as we all know, Mark Barron has been injured and hasn't played in the first four games. He started practicing again this week and Sean McVay is, optimistic that we're going to get him back out there, which is going to be a big boon to the Rams linebackers. Uh, as you all are well aware, and you've been listening to the pod, you know that we've detailed the fact that all four linebacker positions are new this year for the Rams. You've got uh, Corey Littleton and Ramik and everyone else on the inside, and you've got the edge guys on the outside. Uh, so getting Mark Barron back will give some experience and uh, maybe some stability to the core that's been been tested a little bit this year, so that's uh, that's good news. We don't have a, a yes or no for sure, but it's sounding like Mark is going to be a go for Sunday unless he has some kind of unforeseen setback. The other two players of note that uh, have been out have been obviously Greg Zerline and that uh, he's getting closer to to returning, but it looks like they're going to hold him out and be cautious. Uh, so he's probably going to sit out one more one more week. And then JoJo Natson was uh, was not mentioned. He's still on the injury report as as limited in his his practice status. But it would be it'd be nice to uh, get JoJo back out there. I think we mentioned this last week uh, on the on the main pod. I don't know how a kick slash punt returner breaks his hand and is still 
able to go out there and play a week after surgery, but that's why he's a professional, and that's why I'm sitting here talking about it. So we'll see if JoJo's able to go. But you know, earlier uh, a couple of days ago, McVay was actually talking about that, and it was saying you know, it was his non-dominant hand. So I guess he broke his left hand, and he catches the ball with his right hand. Uh, I always thought you caught the ball with both hands, but you know, props to props to a guy who can break his hand, have surgery, and be playing it within two weeks. That's uh, that's pretty remarkable. So we'll see if we have JoJo this week. If not, we'll probably have a mixture of Blake Countess on kickoff returns and and Cooper Cup returning punts like we did last week against the Vikings. The other bit of note uh, as far as the Rams injury front, and it's kind of a surprise. We're we're Two names on the report. Tyler Higby with a knee did not practice today. And if you watch the game on Thursday, you saw he went out um, with a knee injury, but did come back and, and play in that game. Um, we don't know. If, we don't know what the extent of the injury was, other than it's listed as a knee. So what, that's you know that's fair. But Roger Saffold is listed as did not practice with a knee injury, and that is interesting because uh, you know we do have Jamon Brown back who did not resume the starting role after uh, he served as couple of games suspension. Austin Blythe has, uh, you know, taken that spot and not given it up. So, you know, we're comfortable there, but Roger Saffold has been playing out of his mind this year. And uh, I think it's it's fair to say it's a step back if he can't go. McVeigh didn't address it as Preston today. They just have him listed as knee and did not pay, did not uh, practice along with uh, Nadamba Kinsu and Andrew Whitworth. Not injury related to those guys. They're just and Todd Gurley. Um, those three didn't practice just as you know, veteran rest day kind of thing. They're just going to try to keep them fresh. They don't need it, so let's just sit them out. So that's the Rams injury report for midweek. Barron, limited. JoJo Nats, limited. Gurley, Sue, Whitworth were non-injury related, just rest days. Higby and Saffold did not practice with knee injuries. Griggs are lined with a groin. So that's something we'll want to uh, pay, pay uh, attention to as we move through the week. See the big one on that list, obviously, is Saffold's. We'll see what happens moving forward. Um, the next piece of news we'll talk about is, uh, you know, something that's near and dear to my heart, living here in Seattle, is the fact that the Seahawks tickets are dirt cheap for Seattle market. Now, I understand uh, back in Los Angeles, the Coliseum, you can tend to get tickets, you know, fairly cheap on game day. You know, there's not much was made around the Charger game or whatever. Tickets were, were almost given away. But uh, here in Seattle, with the way this team has uh, captured the city with Super Bowl runs and, and being really good, um, it's become the in thing. Everyone in town has bandwagoned onto them, um, not to take away from their loyal fan base, but they, which they do have. But it's just the in thing to do here in Seattle is to be seen at a Seahawks game. And with that comes uh, casual fans driving up the prices. So and here in Seattle, typically if you wanted to go watch a Seahawks game, you were going to shell out between 160 and $200 for a standing room only ticket. Now, standing room only in the clink means that you either stand at the very top of the stadium behind the last row of seats, painted on the ground behind the last row of seats is a number, and you get to stand up there at the top of the stadium and watch the game, or a limited number um, at the tunnel when you come out on the, on the top level, there's a, like you know five or six per row that they would also have you know stand room only. You get to stand on your little square and you get to root. And people buy those seats for you know 160 to 200 dollars, and they and they sell them out every time. It's the thing to do in Seattle. Right now, um, tickets are sitting at a hundred dollars to get in actual seats, no stand room only. And earlier today, I noticed I saw them down to eighty five dollars. So. 
that uh, that should tell you what the Seahawks fans in this town are feeling about this team. Um, you know, they're two and two, but they struggled to win against a bad Cardinals team last week against a rookie quarterback and Josh Rosen. And fans here are noticing it. As a matter of fact, here's a quick story for you. I was uh, talking to a couple of Seahawks fans at my office today, and one of them was mocking Pete Carroll, which is something I thought I would never see because Pete Carroll pretty much has owned this town since he got here, flipping the team around, giving their first winner. Um, he's he's feeling a lot of heat. They're not happy with the shoddy hire. They're not happy with a lot of things. They're not happy with Pete. Um, I heard people talking about how lucky he was with, with two good drafts, and he's been terrible ever since, and there's some validity to that. Uh, but what someone we were talking about the difference between Pete Carroll and Sean McVay as, as far as coaches go, and it was said to me that the difference is is the is the age. Pete Carroll goes to bed at nine o'clock after the evening news, drinks his warm milk, and, and gets to nap. And Sean McVay is up watching game field, and that's the difference between the two coaches' staffs. Now, obviously, they were joking about it and and a little tongue in cheek there. But that should just tell you where these two franchises are. This franchise uh, up here in Seattle um, two years ago was untouchable. You couldn't say anything bad about them. And now they have fans turning on them and turning on Pete Carroll, which is even more astounding to me. Um, and you've got Sean McVay, reigning NFL Coach of the Year, who is just killing it on you know, social media. He's killing it in offseason. They're talking you know. The media is loving him with, you know, the whole Sean McVay's memory is is uh, being is you know you know uh, the fact that he can remember plays from years ago, things like that. Uh, everything's roses for the Rams and Sean McVay right now, and Pete Carroll is having uh, a bit of a struggle, and so you know made me start thinking a little bit of a change in the guard here in the NFC West with Bruce Arians and you know out and now in the booth and Pete Carroll feeling a lot of heat, and if they struggle, he might be. It was almost rumored he was going to leave this year. Uh, his contract is up after next year. So maybe we're looking at changing the guard in the NFC West with as far as coaches go. It's hard to imagine with that 32-year-old coach is still going to be thought of as the DM coaches here. Uh, there's Kyle Shanahan in, in, in San Francisco. But if Pete goes, then you've got to look at Sean McVay as the best coach uh, you know, in the biggest future brightest future going is with the Rams. It's it's pretty remarkable for me living in this town just to kind of see how that's wrapped it and worked itself out. So that's it. It's our third in cup. It's, uh, again, just a quick hitter, just a quick piece of news so that uh, you guys have something to kind of pick up on in midweek, talk about Rams storylines. Um, if you're not reading the site, which I hope you are, if you're not on Twitter, things like that, you just want to kind of jump in, hear what's going on with the team and jump out. That's what my third on Cup episode is going to be. We'll be back uh, later this week with our preview show with the full cast with Joey and and, and Joe. You know, maybe Andrew Whitworth. Maybe, maybe Andrew Whitworth will make another appearance. We'll see if uh, if we can get him on to maybe talk proper proper foot attire or maybe preparing for a rain game. Maybe maybe he has some thoughts on that. The Wiley veteran might have some some tips for us. Um, I would like also to say, if you are planning to attend the Rams-Seahawks game up here in Seattle, I've got a uh, large contingent of Rams fans gathering at Henry's Tavern on First Avenue, which is just two blocks south of uh, CenturyLink. It's actually one block south of uh, Safeco Field, which is right next to CenturyLink. We're going to be out there in the beer garden starting about 10 to 10.30. 
I know uh, offhand there's going to be about 20 of us out there. So if you're in town and you're looking for something to do before the game, please stop on by, introduce yourself. We'll be the ones wearing Rams gear, annoying all the Seahawks fans, um, and we'll go from there. Outside of that, that's all I've got for you on this first edition of Third of Cup. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, we'll be back here in a couple of days with the with the big extravaganza preview episode of uh, of what to expect for this game. You guys take care. We'll talk soon. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, Editor-in-Chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.